Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we do is you can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at our blind spot, and I'm on your way, go. We in bed and airwaves. Cool. Stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we are live on the airwaves of MaximumFM.ca, and you are listening to the number one rated show on the network. This is Cool Radio. Once again, it is your host, DM Cool. And coming up on the show, like we have a lot of things to get into as far as discussion, as far as what's happening within the week of hip-hop. Man, we got to talk about, let's see here. I got my list right here, actually. We got to talk about... We gotta talk about Drake's video, God's plan. We gotta talk about Monique confronting Charlamagne the God at the Breakfast Club. We gotta talk about the Black Panther movie and album topping the charts. But before we get into that, and usually I kind of get into the solo portion of the show, but I am so lucky and 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 blessed to have my guests come in very early. Uh, and we are going to get into a discussion about a particular topic that I've been dying. Dying to discuss. Now, this guest is no stranger to the uh, walls of Cool Radio. She's been here before. She is a talented artist, a, a songwriter, and rapper of sorts as well. Uh, she's been working on her own project, not just music, but other things as well. And we're going to get into a little bit of that as well today. But we're going to get into one particular topic before we get into the meat of the things. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely and talented Ikel is in the studio right now. Such a nice intro. I, I try my best. Like, I, I like to make people feel welcome. I feel very welcome. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And what I want to talk about to start off the show is, man, we got to talk about this movie. We got to yeah. talk about this movie that is sweeping <laughs> the nation, not just the nation of Wakanda. It's, it's, it's slaying every single nation that it is broadcasted in. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Black Panther. We got to talk about Arr. the Black Panther movie, all right? Now... You told me um, before we started the show that you had seen the movie earlier this week. I okay. saw specifically because I knew I was coming here yeah. and I knew you'd want to talk about it. So I saw it. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm going to give you a cool. <laughs> I appreciate that. But nonetheless, we are going to get into this film, man. I was actually going to do a solo review, but now that you're here and what have you, we can get into all the spoilers. <laughs> By the way, this will be spoiler heavy. You've had a week to, to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I get it. You got kids, everything. I get it. But if you do not want to tune into spoilers, then turn down that dial right now I because I'm getting into spoilers. We mm-hmm. are getting into spe- spoiler territory, all right? Warned. Five. Four, three, two, one, zero. We're getting spoiler territory right now. Let's get it. Let's talk about Black Panther. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. This is, this is, <laughs> yeah, I really am. I knew you would be too. I know, right? Like this movie. Oh my God. 
This is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay, and I'm not even just saying that as like a Marvel fanboy or anything like that. Like I grew up on superhero mm-hmm. movies. Like the first superhero movie I ever watched was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it just it went straight up from there. Basically, I've seen some good ones. I've seen some bad ones. Mm-hmm. This right here, like I don't want to put like a top ten list of all time superhero movies on it right now because it's so early. But if we're talking Marvel movies, like Marvel studio films, this is easily top five for me personally because. What they've addressed, pardon me. What they've addressed in this film, what they with the action scenes in here, the dialogue, the way all the characters are built and so strong. I mean, I broke it down into points just so I wouldn't be all over the place because my excitement is like on cloud nine right now. I trust me, I can't prepare it, man. So let me start off by let's talking about first of all, let's talk about the world building and in particular with Wakanda, basically like how uh, Wakanda Wakanda is established essentially. So. Wakanda in the comic books is this technically uh, advanced, technologically advanced nation. It's the most technologically advanced nation in the world. Like they're ahead of the world by like at least like fifty years. It seems like. I mean, there's one scene in the movie where um, Shuri is talking about something about hover bikes. Yeah. And then and then Ross is like, wait, y'all got hover bikes? <laughs> like I love that part. Like, it's just like a little small sample. But yeah, I just love the fact that Wakanda is this. Afrofuturistic world where they still hang on to their natural d- traditions that make mm-hmm. them still African in a sense, yeah. but they know that they have a mineral that is strong enough to advance them into the next stage of life. Essentially, it's to the point where they don't need to mine for oil, mine for oil, or pump or pump for oil, or mine for for gold or anything like that. Whereas other countries in the world are struggling to get that stuff, and they're just kind of laughing from the inside, like. Psh- Look at these guys, man. We got vibrating. We're okay. Right. You know what I mean? Under their like cloud, their sh- or shroud, exactly. actually, of like, was it the poorest nation in the world? Right, the oh. third world country oh, with with shepherds and farms and <laughs> it's like, starving babies. I know, right? Where where millions of people die each and every day, <laughs> like those PBS like Basically, documentaries. For one dollar a day, I know you can save little Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> so this is Christmas. Basically. <laughs> None of that is seen in this movie, and I'm no. so thankful for that. So I love the fact that Wakanda is built as a world or a nation, rather, where they still hang on to their traditions that make them um, I- African in terms of identity, but at the same time, they're so advanced that like they they make smartphones seem like those brick phones from like the 80s because mm. everyone has these things called Kamoyo beads where yes. it carries everything it's like their wallet essentially it has like their ID on there it has a communicator you can go on social media on it everyone has them from birth and like it just makes having an iPhone seem so like primitive you know what I mean mm. like it's so basic like like Okoye is probably laughing at people who are buying the iPhone 10 for like $1,500 and it's like yo we got these for like maybe like 90 at most like, well, like what are you guys doing <laughs> you know what I mean so I love that. What did you think about like Wakanda and how it was shaped up? I thought that was interesting, the way you were saying how it's a technologically advanced society. But then, yeah, you see them there. They're like in their, you know, cultural garb. But then they have yeah. their like bees and they're like, oh, so-and-so is calling. And then right. it pops up in 3D or like, like you're saying, anything they could find is findable with those beads, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I like how they have their little village and stuff. Yes. And going through. And then there's the mountains. Yeah. But then inside there's like, the dome of like all the stuff that was her name Shuri has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the like the gadgets suits, and yeah, the, gadgets, the gizmos. It was nice. Exactly. I would have, yeah, like you were saying, we we're talking kind of off the air. I would have mm-hmm. liked to see more of it because right. it's like 
how does that coexist? Like, I want to, I want to know more. Exactly, exactly. I think they did a good job of kind of wanting us to feed for more, right? Uh, but yeah, that area that you're talking about where shoes and building all the tech and stuff like that, they call that the, the Great Mound. So that's what it's called in the comic books, basically, because that's where the the central location of the vibranium is found. And she's the head of the uh, of the the tech group that designs all these things like architecture for for the city. Uh, like the golden city that, that they're located in, like the the panther suits and and the little panther gauntlets that she has, the kamoyo beads, all that stuff. That's she's basically the head of that department, essentially. It's like their pride rock. Ex- that, ex- <laughs> like I saw so many parallels with the yeah. Lion King, but yeah. You could call it that. You could Honestly. call it that. It's it's great. Not only from like the uh, the tech, or whatever, but like going back to the tribal aspects, like they hung on to their traditions. And mm-hmm. what I loved about it is that they took from different tribes within Africa, within different areas. So like, for example, the Dora Milaje, they had these little neck rings mm-hmm. that was uh, akin to the Ndebele tribe of, of Kenya. Uh, you had certain uh, tribes within Wakanda who kind of took over the, the Maasai tribe, basically. Mm-hmm. You had... Um, you had um, uh, what's his name, Wakabi, and his tribe. They had the the scarification on their face, and that's reminiscent of I can't remember the name of the tribe, but they're from Ethiopia essentially. Uh, and then you had also the Jabari tribe, who lived in the mountainous regions. And those regions are very comparable to what you may see in like the northern regions of Ghana, for example, because it's close to that that Saharan borderline in a sense. So there are so many things that they took, even like the dialect. Like we were talking yeah. about about Umbaku and how he was talking, and like he had a very West African dialect to to a speech yes. like you saying stuff like hey we will not allow it so not today hey are you done are you <laughs> done like the way he was talking i'm like yo i am at a i'm at a fam jam right now like real talk it here. very well it, they did it very, very well. well and especially with the majority of the of the of the tribes within the wakanda they spoke in a dialect that's more prevalent in Southern Africa called Osa, basically. So it's like a it's like a Swahili dialect in a sense. Ah. And that was the main language that everyone was speaking. And so if you heard a lot of the clicks, that's where it came from. That's one of the more ancient uh, languages of, of uh, most African tribes within the Bantu region as well. So I love the fact that they kind of held on to that tradition. And like I just love the fact that they spoke in that, not even just in the dialect, but they spoke in that actual language throughout parts of the film mm-hmm. to let it be known that, we're the only nation that hasn't been colonized and that we're sticking to our tradition of speaking in our, yeah, there you go. We're speaking in our tradition of our native tongue. Yeah, Y'all yeah. Y'all getting subtitles. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I, I just love how they, they kind of took that aspect and just kind of made it their own in a sense. And they even have the, their own like language as well. Like you saw it yeah. within like the film. it becomes English, it's like, Exactly. And they actually, that was actually inspired by ancient Nigerian script as well. I can't remember the name of it. I, I heard about it today. Can't remember the name of it, but it's like ancient. It's almost it's almost akin to hieroglyphics, essentially. And that was one of the main languages that Nigeria and other Western African nations had before colonialism. So that that kind of lets you know like where they got that uh, influence from. And even even down to the Panther God Bast, uh, that's actually an ancient Egyptian god uh, who is actually the daughter of not Anubis but someone else. I can't remember who in the ancient Egyptian lore, but that's actually the daughter of a more prominent pan- uh, a more prominent god within Egyptian mythology and they adapted it to be their god of Wakanda essentially. So you could lead a whole exhibit through the ROM. I, I yo, let's see. If I I want to get some money for that. <laughs> like Marvel, yeah, cut me a check. Like, hey, I'm gonna walk everybody through the this, you know, this whole African exhibit. I'm gonna explain everything. Exactly. Everything. I loved it, man. Like I I just love the fact that like 
African culture was actually presented in a positive manner. You know right? what I mean? I felt like so like warm-hearted watching it. Like, oh. Yeah, like <laughs> I felt like this was my I don't know what I I don't I can't pinpoint to anything in particular, but I felt like this is what I've been waiting for for the right? longest time. Like all proud. Exactly, because like, like I just get so tired of watching like black inspired films, and it's always the same crap all the time. It's always like right. let's 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 make a dance crew and save the rec center, <laughs> or like <laughs> or like it's Bloods versus Chris. We gotta go get revenge on Tuki. Let's bang on him real quick. Right. Like it's always like one stereotype after another. It's or, like mm-hmm. can I see my people as kings and queens for once? Can I see my people as intellects as action heroes? I got all that in one movie. True. What? And nobody called Tyrone. Yeah, thank you. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody called Tyrone nobody. indeed. Let's 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 keep it moving because there's so much about this movie I want to talk about. Um speaking of which, let's talk about the cast, all right? Mm-hmm. So of course we had Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. Yes. Played a very regal character. Yes. Very stoic, I would say. He does have personality, but I think it's a bit toned down because I guess as a king, you have to present yourself in a certain manner. Some yeah. kings are more authoritative. Some kings are a bit more laid back. Some kings kind of like laid to the side and just kind of observe what's happened. They listen to everyone's intel, and then they make a decision based on that. I feel like that's where Bozeman kind of took that took that mantle as a king in a sense. Yeah. And he wanted to just be observant and just listen to everyone's opinion. But there were times where he was passionate. Uh, like I remember – when him and Zuri were having the, the conversation within that flower den, and he was at, and he was like demanding, he was like, why didn't you tell me about this boy? Yeah. Like, why didn't you tell me about my uncle? What happened? And he's like, hey, listen, man, I, I promise your king I wouldn't. Hey, I am your I king now. You. I am your king now. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yo, it's a, okay. Popcorn ready. All right. right? Yeah, he said, like, I am your king now. So it's like the, the times where like he you know exudes like that fiery and passionate emotion, you know it's worth something. Like yeah. he does it for a reason. He's just not pumping up his chest, like for whatever reason. Like he does it with a purpose, basically. So I like that about T'Challa. Um, I also like Shuri. I mean, if anyone, she's everyone's little sister. Okay, like everyone needs to have a little sister like Shuri. Like to me, she was like the low key MVP of this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she brought a lot of levity to every situation. Like her comedic timing was on point. I mean. She's the only one who could bring an old joke back. Like, when he was going around the lab and saying, oh, what are these? He said, hey, the real question is, what are those? Yeah. Old man slippers. I'm just like, I haven't heard that joke in like two or three years, but I was laughing my ass off because she used it properly. And he was wearing some old man. Yeah, like, what is he doing? Yeah. Like, where did he get those? He's like, I, I thought I would take it out of Baba's closet. Like, you know, this is nah. King Apparel. He's like, nah, nah, put these on. And then they turn on to like, they turn on into like ultra high tech Jordans or whatever. Like, I thought I that was pretty speakers. good. I know, right? I'm just <laughs> I'm like, like okay. sure, you're a little oh, late on them. Okay. You're a little late. Okay. <laughs> you're a little late, but we, we get it. We get it. I think Shuri's down off the swirl, though. Hey, that's I okay. Mean, I feel like in the next one, we're going to see her swirling. Because did you stay until the end? And oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like I stayed until the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. She wasn't just saving that white boy. <laughs> mm, no, she was not. You know what? It's cool, though, because, you know, you get to spread the, the Wakanda vibe all throughout exactly. the world, right? I'm not, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> but um, it would be weird if she was hooking up with Bucky in particular because in the comics and in the, in the movies yeah. as well, he's literally like 90 plus years old because he was cryogenically <laughs> frozen. Exactly, right? He was, well. Captain America, kind of. That's exactly what it is, yeah. So he's it's like young. No one will ask. <laughs> I mean, unless the whole world knows that he's a super soldier from like 1940 something, then it's a little weird. It's a little. I get it. Like the presentation is nice, but like no one has to know. Uh, 
But like, but but let me ask you something though. What if it was like, like a thirty-year-old dude, mm-hmm. and he was hooking up with like a fourteen-year-old girl, but she looked like she was thirty though. Like okay, people no. would look, exactly. You see what I mean? People would look at that and be like, "Yeah, she looks good, but bruh, she's fourteen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of movie. The, How old is she supposed to be? In the movie, she's sixteen. Damn, I thought she was like legal. Yeah, nah. Legally. I mean, I mean, I don't know what the what the legality <laughs> rule is in Wakanda, like, but I like, I, I don't know. I mean, they have a thing about outsiders anyway, so this wouldn't be so well if they were to add I think to she it. Likes outsiders, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. But Shuri was like one of my standouts. Um, Okoye, that's a badass woman right there. Yeah, that is a badass woman yes. right there. I, I I love her spunk, man. She's like. Guns, so primitive. <laughs> she took her job very seriously. I know, right? Like she, she did, man. Like, and she's an example of the old guard, like the guard that values tradition and what have mm-hmm. you. And she is someone who doesn't want to see anything change. And she sticks to that tradition, even to the point where she has to side with Killmonger because he's mm-hmm. the new king. Because she's loyal to the throne, no matter who sits upon it. Mm-hmm. And the only difference is that she's built up a relationship with T'Challa and her family over the years yeah. because she has been sworn to guard the royal family, and she's. She's built that rapport, basically. But yeah. despite that, her allegiance is to the throne no matter what. Yeah, like, she almost killed Bay. She she almost did. She almost killed Bay. She almost did. And, like, good for him. He had to kneel like Colin Kaepernick because yeah, right. she was about to put that spirit through his head no matter what. Rhino or no rhino. <laughs> right, I kind of wanted her to. But like, really? Because uh, he's a traitor. <laughs> God. But he he followed the throne. He, no, he followed the throne. I mean, no. I I don't like it for doing that either because of the past relationship, because they're boys or what have you. Yeah. But like she he did the same thing that she would have done because at the end of the day he followed the throne. But I just feel like he was sappy about it. You he, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he, like you know he's like oh you gotta get gotta get claw. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I'm working on I'm working on it. Exactly. Because, like like you were saying, he was like, with king for like what a week. Yeah. He didn't he didn't do the thing, and he's just all like oh. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huffy, like, what do you want? Exactly. What do you want from me, bro? Like, it's my first day. Like, Break. and like, I did more than what any king did in the last thirty years when it came to claw. Exactly. He's been evading them for that long. Yeah. Like, what do you expect? Exactly. Huffy, like, oh, you promised. <laughs> so from there, I was like, yeah. Yeah, and you know, he was salty because. When he asked to come on the mission, he's like, nah, nah, I need you here. I need you here. Yeah, man, you got to shepherd your rhinos. <laughs> not shepherd themselves. Well, not, yeah. <laughs> don't kill me. Not even that, though. He's part of the border tribe. So the border tribe's main duty mm-hmm. is to literally protect the border of Wakanda, make sure no intruders or interlopers come within, like, a few feet of their of the border. Because if you remember, their border basically looks like a shepherd herd, yeah. essentially, right? And, like, they their disguises look like herders and shepherds mm-hmm. and, and what have you. So it's like they see Killmonger coming in, and it's like, oh shit like who is this guy how does he know about this area of wakanda like what's happening right now right and that brings me to my next character killmonger now i could (laughs) i think i have do i have his own no no i don't have his own category okay i thought i did but i easily could but actually no before we get into killmonger before we get into killmonger i want to get into nakia real quick because i I know all right fine whatever (laughs) but no i really like nakia i i feel like nakia is a progressive, someone who loves her nation but wants to see change, right? So she says that, and she, you know, speaking of Killmonger, she kind of echoes similar sentiments about how there's so much that Wakanda can do for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. But she goes about it in a more peaceful and diplomatic She's manner. Like, the moral compass. She is the moral compass in a lot of ways. Like, let's provide first relief aid. Let's provide, you know, refugee safety. I mean, even at the beginning of the movie, like, her mission was to 
uh, save those women from from being transported yeah. into like human trafficking. And what I didn't realize until maybe a couple of days ago was that that was like a loose you know, shot at the whole Boko Haram situation yes, in Nigeria yes. because they were in Nigeria mm-hmm. and like her duty was to stop those traffickers from taking those women and that and that little boy who started being a, re- a child rebel soldier. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, okay, Kugler, I see what you're doing. But yeah, going to Nakia though, like she's such a progressive, right? And I feel like if it weren't for her and like a few other, you know, factors that T'Challa would have kind of remained uh, maintain that old guard, that old tradition, basically. But that's true. She definitely softened them up. She did. Yeah, she did. Definitely. She did in, in the best possible way as well. And you know, no wonder he, he's crushing on her, right? right? Like, I mean, like, I mean, mind you, she's a beautiful woman, obviously. Yeah. Like, that's the first and foremost. But like, not nah, like she, her heart's in the right place, mm-hmm. and I think that's what she wanted all along. And it took a while for T'Challa to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now let's speak on let's speak on Killmonger, man. Hey, I'm saying this right now. I'm going to say it right in this camera here, right in this microphone. I don't care what any of the Marvel heads have to say about this. I'm saying it right now. Until Thanos comes through, Killmonger is by far the best villain mm-hmm. Marvel studio films have ever seen. I don't want to hear about Loki. I don't want to hear none of that. Loki's had the pleasure of being in like three or four films, and we've seen this character fleshed out. But at the end of the day, if we had to compare Loki and Killmonger, I mean, Loki is the kid with a silver spoon who still finds a reason to complain about he's something. Emo. He's he's super emo, he's emo, super emo. Like at least when he was adopted, he was adopted into royalty. Yeah. Whereas Killmonger, his blood right was within royalty, but he never got to experience it mm-hmm. because his Poor father day. got killed at the hands of his own uncle. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? How Lion Kingy? Right, right, <laughs> right, exactly. Like, it, reverse line kick if you think yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Scar was the one who, who mm-hmm. killed. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, like, he never had anything from the start. Like, he didn't, he didn't ask for that life. And, like, basically what happened to his father, what was happening to the neighborhood around him in Oakland, what his father told him about Wakanda and what they could potentially do for other people within the world. It's like you understand why he's angry. Yeah. You know, right. Like you may not agree with his methods. I mean, it's a little cuckoo, Mm -hmm. but you understand where he's coming from. You like you sympathize for him for sure. And like some of the things that he says, it's like uh, he's kind of right. I can't get mad at him. Yeah, he is right. Like the part, like in case in point, when they're in the uh, the the museum, look at all the exhibits and what have you. And he's saying, "Oh, don't worry, I'm gonna take this off your hand." And she's like, "Oh, it's not for sale." It's like, "Oh, let me ask you something. How much your ancestors uh, get for for this? Like, what did you? What price were they willing to pay for?" Exactly. And, and we were just like, and what he said, I'm like, "Oh, oh, we're going there. Yeah, yo, we're going. <laughs> yo, let's That's go, <laughs> let's go. Okay, Marvel and Disney, I see you." Mm-hmm. So like, they're talking about like slavery and like and like colonialism and all yeah. that stuff. I'm like, wow. And it's cool because the artifacts that were exhibited, besides from that Wakandan hammer or whatever, they were actually legitimate artifacts. Like oh, the, I didn't the, know that. the yeah, no, like I was, I watched it with my dad actually for the second time, and um, they're talking about the masks that came from like Togo and Benin, or sorry, Ghana and Benin, and sh- and he's like, yeah, she's right, yeah, she's right. I'm like, ooh. Okay. Okay, cooler. I see you. You you went digging. Okay. Um. So yeah, and he's the OG, you know, African in the household, right? So of course, you know, yeah. like definitely, yeah, facts. exactly. He's got the facts. He's got the artifacts. But yeah, no, I thought that was cool that he kind of called her out on on her own BS. Even then, uh, he's like. You've been watching me for this whole time, but what you feel to neglect is you haven't even realized what's, what you've been drinking inside your drink the entire time. Yeah. So instead of st- 
like typecasting me and stereotyping me or what have you. Maybe you should pay attention to your own business, which is, yeah. in a sense, is a loose metaphor to how other people view other people of color, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, while you're profiling me, why don't you focus on your own business, basically? Which I don't even know why she was doing that, because it's an art gallery. Like, why are you coming up to him? He also wants to look at the arts. Right. Like, like for what? Exactly. I think he requested her, though. To be fair, I think he requested uh, yeah. her. Oh. I think well, he yeah, did. they did have a plan to carry out, so that would make sense. Right, right, right. Like, in real life, I'd be like, why would you just come up to him like that? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love that. I love the aspect about him. I love the aspect about oh, and the scene like in the middle of the movie where he enters a throne room and he's like, you know, I want the throne basically. Yeah. And they're discussing. Um, he's discussing about how Wakandan weaponry can be used to change the world or what have you, yeah. and how you know they should be doing this and that and the third for people all over the world. And T'Challa's basically saying, "I'm not the king of all people. I'm the king of." Wakandan people and he's like oh I thought my people were your people too and I'm just like oh (laughs) (laughs) they're really getting into this right now and like I can't remember the last time where I've seen a film that talked about the division between Africans and the African diaspora Mm -hmm. and I never expected it to be in a superhero film right Disney one of that too yeah (laughs) and I'm just like are they really doing this right now? It's like, yeah, they're talking about Wakanda, a fictional nation, but this all ties back to reality, though. It's some real, some real shit. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, yo, these guys got the balls to do this right now. And, like, there's so much that was exchanged between them. And then I just <laughs> I just love the fact that, you know, he's explained, like, where he's from and, like, who his father is. Mm-hmm. And I remember he's just like, he he, he, he spoke in his, in his native tongue. Mm-hmm. And he said, my name is uh, Njadaka, you know, son of Njobu. And then one's like, <gasps> it's like, oh, shit. <gasps> And then I think Ramonda, um, Angel Bassett's character, was like, oh, yo, he, that's the son of Njobu? And he's like, hey, auntie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not lying. Yeah, I know, right? And then one part that killed me in the theater, I, yo, I, the minute I heard this part, I, I died of laughter. But before he did all that, when he said, you know, I've come from the throne, I just heard one woman in the background be like, you want the throne? I'm like, yo, I died. Because I, I I heard that before in like so many fam jams or whatever. So yeah, like, yeah. like the, the auntie who's like drunk or like someone who's just excited or whatever in the, in the heat of the conversation. That's the first thing they say in any type of Ghanaian type of fam jam or gathering that you have. It's like, ha. I'm just like, yo, oh my God. Oh my, I'm crashing up. I'm, I'm crashing up to my, my boy. So I'm like, yo, I'm just saying that. God. Oh man, no, I, I loved it though. I loved it, but yeah, no, like Killmonger, he's probably my favorite character in the film. Same, just because there's such a duality complex that comes with him, and you feel his pain, you feel his anger, you don't agree with his motives, but when you look at it, you can compare Killmonger to any type of revolutionary figure within African history or even yeah. world history. Like we're talking about Idi Amin, we're talking about Mugambi, we're talking about Mutulu. Uh, even going to Mussolini, even going to like Kim Jong Il or even Adolf Hitler, they wanted to benefit the world in their own way as they saw it. Yeah. But the means about going about it, it was just the All wrong right. way to go about it. And it's ironic that he's talking about the powers that be, you know, will not hold us anymore, mm-hmm. and talking about colonialism. But if you think about it, he for a moment in time colonized Wakanda. The nation that had never been colonized got colonized because he played to his strengths. He played Mm -hmm. to the rules of the game. It was within his blood right to challenge for the throne. It's true. He got it, and then he became the king right afterwards. Right? It's one of those things where it's like... He's like the bad guy, but yeah. sometimes you cut, like you low key want him to win, but you don't. Yeah, like, oh, shit. Like, like even call him a know. 
Like, even almost calling him a bad guy, if you think about it, is almost a little incorrect. Right, like, like, he's not bad. Like, yeah. he's, he's not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. And, like, I I would call him an antagonist, if anything, because yeah. he's just generally in the way of the of the of who the main protagonist mm-hmm. is. Like, what he's saying is true. How yeah. he's going about it is questionable. Exactly. Of all his, like, his kill spots. Exactly, yeah. And, and it's funny because that's also a practice within Ethiopia, the the scarification. But they use it as, as, his kill, as his kill count, which is, I was like, okay, cool. I could get with that. I could get with mm-hmm. that. Um, but speaking of whole, the whole colonization aspect of it, um, when Everett K. Ross, the white guy, the uh, the guy who mm-hmm. works for the CIA, he's like, oh, he's not from Wakanda. He's one of ours. Like We train him in the CIA, yeah. and his role is to destabilize governments and to overthrow them, mm-hmm. which is what has been the whole entire motive of colonization in world history. America's been doing it for how long? They go into like Iraq or Afghanistan. They take out the insurgents, and then they imply, they imply their, own, their own law and their own form of democracy into those nations. Yeah. It's been happening for God knows how long. It's especially happened to Africa for how, how long. Like, why do you think Islam and Christianity are still the major religions in in, in Africa, yeah. right? Why do you think people still speak uh, the the languages of their of their you know uh, colonial colonialists, right? Yeah. Or colonists rather. So it's like, holy shit! <laughs> like he, like they're spitting real facts. But what I love the, uh, about it is the fact that they're not beating you over the head with it. Yeah. Like you can wrap your head around it. Exactly. Like you, you can get so you can get what's happening. Right. They didn't go too deep. Exactly. Like they didn't go too too deep. Where like you know maybe white people might start feeling guilty or whatever. Oh, shit, I gotta leave. I know, right? Yeah. Like oh, I can't do this, guys. I can't. I'm sorry. My white privilege can't handle this anymore. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Oh, my but god. but like um, <laughs> but no, but not like they 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 explain it in a way where it's educational, mm-hmm. but it's not preachy. Yeah, and it's not like overly. Blameful, if that makes sense. Exactly. No, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, I get like, what you mean. These are the facts. This is what happened. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, and that's history in a nutshell. And that brings us to today, where it's still kind of lingering. So I got that, and I and I respected the fact that they went that direction. Um, and another thing I want to say before I go to the next topic, this kind of a little of a, little of a side thing I probably should mention earlier. I have a side thing too. Oh yeah, side. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But sure, like I mean, she was a comic relief of this movie, mm-hmm. and I love the fact. I love the part when. Um, Ross wakes up in her in her in her lab or whatever. He's like, "Yo, what the hell's going on?" Whatever. And then like he's like he's like, "Where are we?" And she's like, "Don't scare me, colonizer." <laughs> oh my god, I didn't pick up that she said that. Oh, you didn't pick? Oh no. my god, yo, oh I god. died when she said that. Like colonizer, hey, colonizer. <laughs> but no, I I thought that was hilarious. So I love that part. Um, let's get into. Let's see here. I don't, I don't know. Michael B. Jordan needs to keep those dreads. They suit him so well. They actually well. do. They actually do. Oh my goodness! Like I always thought he was cute, but then when they first like zero in on him in the art gallery, I'm like, yeah. who that? I know, <laughs> right? You know what the funny thing is? I was like, I remember I was watching the um, the the teaser trailer for like way back in June yeah. during the NBA Finals, and like I'm like geeking out, right? But that I saw Michael B. Jordan in the dreads with with his little mean scowl right? on his face. Yeah. I'm like, yo, he got dressed now? I'm nah, like, yo, it's about those. to be a thing, man. <laughs> They're not playing. And it's cool because his character in the comic books actually has dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. They're fashioned a bit differently. It's more like yeah, around like, the whole head. Uh-huh. But like they made like a more, I guess, modern version, yeah, like more modern like take. Yeah, but thing. I dug it though. I'm like, yo. He looks good. He needs to keep that look. I think he does the whole too. The look. The whole look. The whole thing. The whole thing, man. The whole thing. He's Absolutely. Doing it, for him. it is. I, I agree. I agree. That's a that's a good look for him. Um now let's talk about one thing I like about this is the fact that 
they the 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 politics of like Wakanda really get into it like they're so much of a, a traditional country that it's almost to their detriment like mm-hmm. that's the reason why you know Killmonger became the king you know what I mean it's like yeah. you're a nutcase we're not gonna have you as our leader right? it was like too they, easy it was but but that's at fault of the with the mm-hmm. Wakanda people because they're so stuck on tradition it's true it's crazy right um and I think that was definitely to their detriment to their detriment and like. They should have just been like, nah, like we're rolling with T'Challa. But again, it's also T'Challa's fault as well because he accepted that challenge. That's true. He should have just been like, no. Yeah. Bye. I know, right? <laughs> like, like, take this man away or something like right, that, exactly. right? Take him away. Exactly. Like, nah, so he man. Just, he accepted it. He, he accepted it. He shouldn't have, man. But like, I guess it was his pride that got into the way. Mm-hmm. And I guess just finding out about the past mistakes of his father, he was kind of overwhelmed by that. He didn't know what to do. So he figured, I guess, with, in the name of tradition, he has the right to challenge, essentially. Yeah, he probably felt bad, too, because, like, oh, yeah. You know, a little hood baby left alone. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, he should have been in Wakanda the whole time. Exactly, right? Like, and that, that easily could have been a thing where it's like, okay, yeah, you could have grown up here. You didn't have to, you know, go you through all this hardship. Like yeah. That. And, like, by leaving him in Oakland, they create a bigger monster than they anticipated. Yes. This guy waited his entire life for this right? moment. Right, like, he was training. That was, like, his Olympics. Right. It really was. And one of the things I love about this, I think the thing I love about this film the most is just the writing overall. It's mm-hmm. really good writing. And Eric Killmonger has some of the most captivating scenes in this film when it comes to dialogue, like when he uh, in, uh, drinks the uh, the fluid of mm-hmm. the other herb and he goes into the ancestral plane, his version of it, I guess, um, and basically he's having a conversation with, with the spirit of his father. And then one part where his father and Joby, he's like, he's like, hey, where, where are my tears? No tears for me? And he's just like, people die all the time. That's so sad. I was yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, yo, who's cutting onions right now, man? Like, jeez. And then near the end, when when he gets killed, when he has a spear through his heart or whatever, mm-hmm. and then T'Challa's like, you know, maybe we can fix you. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want that. I'd rather you bury me in the sea with the rest of my ancestors because they knew that bond that that death was better than bondage. Damn. <sighs> That's so <laughs> great. <laughs> and that makes him the best villain. He was like, nah, villain till I die. <laughs> Listen, I couldn't. Fa- oh my! Ooh, oh my God! Like that line was so poignant. Like I was reacting already, even before he finished the line. Like when he when he only said, "I'd rather you bear me at sea with the rest of my ancestors," mm-hmm. I was already like, "Man, come on!" And then he <laughs> finished his, his statement by saying, "Because they knew that death was better than bondage." I'm like, man. Yo, I'm not going to lie. Like, something was percolating in my eyelids, man. Something was percolating. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, man. I'm just like, man, if that's a way to go out, man, if there's any way to go out in a film, mm-hmm. it's got to be that. It's true. Because, like, realistically, yeah, what if what if he's like, yeah, sure. Like, they put him in jail somewhere. Exactly. You know, they heal him. And then what? Like, he's still going to be full of rage. And right. Anger. Like, then what? Exactly. And, like, he still would have been a good villain overall. But, like, he wouldn't have his if he didn't die, we wouldn't have felt that we wouldn't have felt strongly about him. You yeah. know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, this death adds to mm-hmm. his tragic story yeah. as a whole. So like that's the best way to cap it off, and like I love Michael B. Jordan as, as an actor overall, 
And out of respect for the character that he played and how well he did, don't bring that character back to life. Leave him dead. Mm -hmm. Because it solidifies his place as a villain that much more. Because if you bring him back, then it's like, oh, well, that was all for nothing. Yeah. Like, it's a a cheap victory in that sense, right? But, man. (sighs) I like stories like that. I like when they're not afraid to kill off like a main contributing character exactly it's realistic yeah come on like they can't all survive and live happily ever after right they can't and i think it shows high stakes as well in the film because and i think that's one of the main things that marvel films have been criticized for like they're scared to kill off certain main characters that are Mm. integral to the story like sure they've killed off one hero here and there but like he was only in the movie for like 20 minutes and yeah, like there was so like no it, consequence right and then of course when it comes to the villain they kill off the villain in every movie mind you I don't care because I know the big payoff is Thanos that's mm. my mentality right but a lot of people keep on harping on oh all the villains are weak no 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 villain problem nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. but in this movie there's no villain problem no, even no. even Claw as a villain was good and I think he served his purpose yeah. like I was surprised he got killed like halfway through I'm like oh shit like, well, cause, well, yeah cause <laughs> in the comics he's a big villain for, yeah. for Black Panther if not Killmonger then him for sure but the way he died made perfect sense within the context of the film cause that was his way in mm-hmm. cause like he has a little lip tattoo like yeah. underneath right but he needs more than that like he needs not just to be in Wakanda but he needs an audience with the king and they know that he's been chasing down Claw for so long, right? But lo and behold, what your country has been able to do in 30 years, I did in 30 minutes. Get me an audience with the king. Man, I love Killmonger. Like, right? holy shit. <laughs> Best villain I've ever seen in, in a Marvel film, hands down. Like, low-key, you all right, but nah, man, it's Killmonger. It's Killmonger. Um, overall, I love this film, man. Like, this is a great film. Not just a great superhero film, but... It was a great film overall. And, like, it's going to be one of the better films of 2018, I believe. Um, There's still a lot more of the year to go. Mm -hmm. Um, It's already my favorite. Mind you, it's February. But I'm probably going to bet, like, just in my own subjective thinking, that's probably going to be my favorite film because it meant so much Mm -hmm. to me more than just your average superhero film. We'll see how they do for awards. You know what? When it comes to awards, I'll say this. They're definitely winning awards Mm -hmm. for costume design. Easy. Easy. That's a given. They're going to win... or at least be nominated for an award for visual effects because yeah. normally superhero movies do get nominated for that because of all the CG and stuff like that. What I want to know is our actors That's or the I'm film thinking, as a right? whole are going to be nominated like we for awards. We know it's a great movie, but yeah. and, like, everybody knows it's a great movie, right. but is it actually going to get the credit it deserves? Exactly. We'll and, see. and superhero films are known to get snubbed for that. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a few films out there that should have been nominated for certain awards. Like, I think right now, Logan, the Wolverine movie, that's nominated for Best Screenplay Adaptation, which is kind of based on the comics of like Wolverine, the X-Men, and what have you. And it was a, it was a great film. I loved mm-hmm. it. Um, I feel like this film should be again be nominated for that same award best screenplay adaptation because it's based on a on a on a on a comic book yes. from Marvel but also I feel like it should be nominated for best film like yeah we'll see I mean I at least for like best writing like best screen screenplay writing or something like that right like just a, a, an award for the writing at the very least it should be we'll nominated see. for we'll see if you know there's uh, any best actors right or anything. speaking of which michael b jordan should get that award that's, what I, that's exactly what i was thinking so we'll see he should be he if he doesn't that's a travesty right well, well i won't be surprised i know like like oscar's so even, white like, but right? <laughs> even at least like at a nomination that'd be nice yeah nomination, Nom- nomination. i'll be cool with the nomination yeah. i'll be cool with nomination because again there's so much more of the year to go right because mm-hmm. we don't know who else is going to have a stellar performance or whatever pardon right. me and whatever film right um my only knocks on this film 
It's just minor things. Um, I would say I wasn't a fan of uh, what's it called? I wasn't a fan of Wakabi's character arc, how he yeah. switched on to Charles so quickly. Yeah. Even though when you look into the context of the film and also the comic books, that they were tight to the hip. Mm-hmm. But then he does one thing wrong, or doesn't succeed at the one thing he's supposed to yes. do, and then you turn on him so quickly, and then you also Traitor. side you side with uh, with Killmonger, so quick. a usurper to a throne, just because he killed. You know, the, the guy that killed your parents, basically. Like, you don't know this guy. You know what I mean? I'm saying. He switched up so quick. He did, yeah. I thought I was like, oh, that's a little weird. Like, at least let it build up to that and then yeah. switch on them. So maybe that's one thing I didn't like. It, it's a minor nitpick. Um, and then anything, and the other thing I didn't like, again, minor minor uh, uh, nitpick. I wanted to see more of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. I really did. I mean, mind you, there's only so much you can put in a two hour and 20 minute film. Exactly. And I know. It didn't feel like that long at all. It didn't feel it didn't that long. Happen. I wanted more, and that's good. And that's good. Um, I think um, the first cut of the film was nearly four hours long. So I'm sure we had more will build, uh-huh. world building in Wakanda. We just couldn't get to it because of time constraints, which I totally understand. Totally understand. Well, maybe in the director's cut version. You know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Or or like if you got the DVD, the deleted mm, scenes or what exactly, have you. Something like that. Yeah, so we'll probably see some of that, you know, hopefully, because I would love to see more of Wakanda. Um, and then people love to harp on like the CGI effects, whatever. It's like, oh, this didn't look tired enough and blah, 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 whatever. Me personally, like you're watching a movie about a guy who dresses up in a bulletproof cat outfit who yeah. has superhuman powers and you're bitching about the CG. Like really? to me, like I feel like it it's it lets us know that with the society nowadays because we're we're so accustomed to superhero movies, we become spoiled. Yeah. And we want more CGI, more tighter CGI. But in my opinion, as long as it's not the CGI that we saw 20 years ago in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, I'm okay. The yeah. CGI in this was passable. It was good. I, it was good. I, good. I get it. Like, I dig it. So it's just like, you can only ask for so much. You know what I, I mean? You know, it's like, it's not a real world. Like, relax. Exactly. Relax. Like, it's not that serious. So I'm not even going like, to criticize the CG. I'm okay with it. Like, it's not a huge thing for me to harp on. Like, I'm okay with it. It didn't look cookie cutter or, like, amateur. I was cool with it. Um, but overall, if I had to rate this movie out of five cool points, <laughs> that's right. I said cool points. Um, I'm going to give it... 4.75 cool points out okay, of 5. Okay. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> Had to solidify it. Had to solidify it. DKM. Yes. Well, what would you give this movie if you had to rate it? Hmm. Out of 5? Yeah. Mm, I'll go to 5. You got a 5, eh? Yeah, I'm not going to hate. Classic. You know? I'm going to go to 5. <laughs> but yeah, it's again, the issue of, you know, Wakabi the traitor. Right. But, you know, it right. is what it is. You know, you have to add into the movie, whatever. Right. I liked it. Like, there wasn't any parts where I was like, oh, the scene's long. Oh, this is boring. Like, right. the story carried well. It made sense. Yeah. It was good. Right. Action-packed. Funny moments. Exactly. Yeah, I liked it. I, I dug it 100%. I dug it 100%. So, I encourage as many people to go see this movie as possible because it's a cultural landmark. It's a movie that the black community has been looking for for so long that mm-hmm. deviates away from the norm. It gives us action, exciting ex- excitement, adventure, sci-fi thrills, but at the same time, it still educates people without beating you over the head with it, basically. Yeah. And a lot of people keep saying it's the first film with a black lead superhero. It's not no the first. Reason. It's not the first. I think we have to give credit to where credit is due. At least from the Marvel standpoint, even then, it's still not the first. It's the first 
black superhero in a Marvel Studios production. Yeah. That is more specific because before then we had Blade, yeah. which is Wesley Snipes. We had Spawn, Spawn. which is Michael uh, J- Michael Jai White, I believe. I like and that movie. I did too. I think it was before its time because CG wasn't really yeah. into but the thing so, back then. if it's on, I'll watch it. Exactly, yeah. And I feel like those two movies in particular, they were the ones that originally opened the door for rated R superhero films. A lot of people kind of give that credit to Deadpool and I get it. It was the first one that was... It was like it wasn't the first one to be a success because Blade was a, a success yeah. in the box office. But again, we live in an era where it's "What have you done for me lately?" kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? So we can be victims to that at times. But again, I think it's important to recognize that the first major successful Hollywood film that's led by a black superhero lead was in fact Wesley Snipes and Blade. Basically, I think I'm not sure how well spawned in the theaters. I I can't really confirm that. But if we really want to be specific, you can say that this is the first black lead superhero film within a large black ensemble. You can yes, say that. That's more sure. accurate. And I think you know all these movie studios and just fans of movies really need to be more specific when it comes to that. But that's my take on that. I thought it was an amazing movie. I think people are going to remember this for a long time to come. Mm-hmm. And all I will say is that the sequels have a lot of work to do to kind of yeah. live up to the expectations. It's it 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 may be their illmatic in a sense, right? You don't want it to, but like you just hope and pray. Like as long as Coogler is attached to the film, yeah, we th- it'll be okay. We'll be okay. Yeah, we'll be okay. Um, but yeah, they better not piss him off. Nah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Give him that Brinks truck. <laughs> but nah, I love this movie. It was great, and I would definitely watch it again in theaters. I have no shame in saying that. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen listening and watching at home uh, what do you guys think about Black Panther was it a classic is it the best Marvel Studios film that's ever been produced thus far do you have a high hopes and expectations for the sequels what do you guys think let me know hit me up on social media at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts Wakanda forever Bam. now when we come back from the commercial break, <laughs> we're going to get into trip talks of all the latest topics that are happening within pop culture. And I figure since the sign off from this uh, from this uh, Black Panther topic, let's play one of the records from the soundtrack. And this one's called Pray For Me. It features Kendrick Lamar and The Weeknd. And it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. You're now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. Welcome, people. I still have the lovely and talented Ikel in studio. Hey, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, you got it, right? And uh, we were just reviewing Black Panther. We did it for majority of the show, actually. Right? Yeah, I'm like, looking at my clock, and I'm like, you just love this Panther, huh? Hey, listen, man. Like, I've been waiting to talk about this for, like, the entire week, like, ad nauseum. Because, like, I talked about, like, a little bit here and there while I was at work. But, like, you're at work, so you can't really talk about it that much. Right? <laughs> like, you can talk about what your boys that you saw it with. But, like, we've already talked about it ad nauseum. Yeah. So I'm just like, nah, I got to get this out to the people, man. But, nah, it, it's, it's an amazing movie, man. Like, I encourage anyone to go see it. I don't care what color you are, black, white, Asian, Latin, whatever. Just go see it. Just go see it, man. You'll learn something, I guarantee now, speaking of learning something, we're going to learn a few things in our in our next uh, in our next topic. Actually, it's it's trip talk. Actually, Uh-oh. so normally I go with like about three topics each, but I may knock it down just because you know we kind of dedicated most of our time to you know Black Panther and what have you. <laughs> but it's all good though, nonetheless. Uh, one topic I really want to get into. Um, it has to do with a confrontation, not a physical one, just you know, a verbal <laughs> confrontation between comedian Monique and radio host Charlemagne the God. Uh-huh. Now, they, I don't want to say they've been going at it, uh, but basically what's been happening is, I think it was 
sometime before the new year, either before the new year started or after it. But basically, Monique's been on this rampage about, you know, boycott Netflix because yes, yes. they won't give me, you know, the money that the I deserve money. and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, when that came out, Charlemagne gave her donkey the other day for her reasons as to why she feels she's entitled to that money mm-hmm. or or that uh, that Netflix special, basically. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing is, and I had a few guests, you know, kind of chime in on this like way back in the day. We were basically saying how, yes, Mona, you deserve to negotiate for more money if that's the case, mm-hmm. but to boycott an entire yeah. service, I mean, you're you're kind of losing your way with this, and then you're kind of weaponizing racism and sexism for your arguments so that people will, will join your fight. And so you can't really do that because there are real fights of sexism and racism happening mm-hmm. that aren't taken seriously, and then now you're kind of using it as a trope. And for me, I kind of called her Azealia Banks because she did the same thing in, in every confrontation she's been in thus far. So anyways, going back to this interview, this interview was today, actually. I just came about it maybe a couple hours before mm-hmm. I left my house. Basically, she wanted to confront Charlemagne face-to-face and ask him why she or he gave her donkey of the day. Yeah. And he got into his reasoning, and then they kind of got into the politics of her of her negotiation process about, oh, I wanted this amount of money and this and that and the third and what have you. And it kind of goes back to the same mm-hmm. argument she's trying to be relayed for the longest time. But then she basically tried to twist it on Charlemagne and say, oh, um, you calling me a donkey. I mean, why are you trying to knock down another sister for? Like, you wouldn't knock oh. down your mother like this or anything like that. He does. Come on. And that's the thing right there. It's like, he doesn't use that term for black women. He uses that term for everyone Everybody. who does something stupid. He gave DJ Envy donkey of the like, day a couple times. The title. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's been doing that since his days with the Wendy Williams, basically. Like, mm. he hasn't changed since then. And then. One thing I found very interesting, I found very classless of Monique as well, wow. is the fact that she, at the end of the interview, well, this is when all the mics were off, but the cameras were still rolling. Um, at the end of the interview, she blatantly compared Charlemagne the God to a slave who had a wife, but then willingly gave his wife to the slave master. What? I was oh like, I'm looking at the, I was Monique. like, I was like, really, Monique? Oh because he disagrees with your stance? You're she comparing him to... too far. Yeah, I'm like, okay, nah, man. Like, now you've lost me altogether. Like, the only thing I can agree with her on is the fact that she wanted more money, and mm-hmm. I get it. Like, you feel like you're worth something. But to boycott an entire streaming service and to denigrate somebody who disagrees with you on that, mm-hmm. who's laid out his exact reason as to why he disagrees with you... Yep. That's classless to me to call him to call him a, basically to call him an Uncle Tom or a coon yeah. of sorts. Basically saying that you would give up your wife for slavery in order to appease the master. Really? But that's what people do. Like when they realize that they have no more valid arguments. Yeah. They just come at you personally. That's yeah. What they do. And she was petty for that. And you know what the joke was? Um, she and her well, she was there in studio, but her husband was on the line, and her husband is also her manager as well, and. One thing that I found very interesting that basically just kills her entire argument altogether is the fact that her own husband himself Mm -hmm. said when asked, oh, what price did you negotiate with Netflix? He blatantly said they did not negotiate. So hold on. So you're making a big stink about how they kind of undercut you, so to speak, as far as the asking price for your services, yet you didn't negotiate? You you just kind of took it or left it? So basically they offered her and she didn't counter. Exactly. Uh, she didn't counter. 
And it's like, that's your fault. That's your own fault. Like, when you're negotiating, like, a product or goods or service that you have that you feel like can benefit a company, if they're sending you, if they're showing you a price that they think you're worth, it's your duty as the talent Mm -hmm. or the management or both, and a collection of both, to counter that. Be like, okay, look at my, and and that's one thing. She keeps on pointing out resume, resume, resume. Mm -hmm. Where's all this talk? Like, where's all this resume talk in the boardroom? Exactly. And it's like, they're just starting at that. You don't know what their budget is. You have no exactly. idea. So you got to, you know, shoot back high. Like, anyone yeah. would do when you meet in the middle or you figure something out or whatever. Exactly. But you didn't even try. Yeah. And, like, this whole argument about how there's sexism when it comes to communities and uh, female communities in the industry. I don't know that for sure. Maybe there is. I'm sure there is. Like, there's mm-hmm. sexism everywhere. Yeah. So I'm not going to uh, discount it for that. But when she's trying to pinpoint Netflix as a culprit for that... I've seen female comedians with Netflix specials before. Not, yeah. And not just white ones. I've seen Asian ones before, mm-hmm. Latino ones before. You have to mm-hmm. dig deep, but they're there. Yeah. So it's like you can't really use that argument. And on top of that, to say that they're racist and sexist, I mean, a lot of the content on Netflix has a lot of prominent African-American figures or even just yeah. black figures in general. Like, look at the show Chewing Gum, which is famous oh, yes. in, in, oh, God, in the yes. UK. I haven't watched that yet, but, like, that's one of the better shows. Mm-hmm. Orange is a New Black. Yep. Um, you have um, uh, uh, Dear White People, the yes. series. You have uh, She's Gotta Have It, the Spike Lee joint. Yes. And it stars a beautiful, dark-skinned woman. So it's like you can't you really use the whole shadism and, and, and racism that's argument true. and sexism argument as well when you see all that on display. Like, there's some... There's some African shows on there too. No, there is. They're yeah, really, they really expanded. They have. They really have. So again, like when when Monique keeps making these arguments, but then we go back to when she was blackballed by Hollywood. It's like we kind of understand why. Like you're kind of a nutcase. Like because you don't see things your way. Like now you're trying to turn on people and say, "Oh, this is racist." Mm-hmm. No, don't use a serious issue like racism to further your argument because now you're trying to get people on your side when yeah. they don't even know what the side with in the first place. All they hear is racism and it's like, oh, she's talking the truth, guy. Talking the truth. Let's mm-hmm. listen to her. And it's like she keeps talking about her accomplishments from back in the day, like the Queens of Comedy Tour and everything. Mm-hmm. While that's a great accomplishment in and of itself, that was 10 years ago. Yeah, what I- are you doing right now? If you're doing that right now, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But you're not doing that right now. What is she doing? But the I, point is, they should have negotiated. Why were they not? Like exactly, is her husband like a terrible manager? She mu- he must be. <laughs> he must be. He's like, not doing his job right. No, like he's like, oh, okay, they just take all these offers. Yeah, like, like you gotta negotiate, man. You can't just be like, oh, we're not getting that number. Oh, okay, all right, bye. Two days later, boycott. Like what? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what's going on with them. That wasn't. It wasn't a smart move on, on their part at all. It was not a smart move at all. Maybe they're on the scissor. Maybe, maybe they're on that special heart-shaped right. herb or something like that. That <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. Like they, 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 they dropped the ball with that completely. Like, yeah. and just Monique, she almost showed the true colors in a sense. It's like now you're just gonna denigrate the man because he doesn't agree with you, and like you're gonna say that donkey of the days is just a disrespectful, tr- disrespectful term towards you, even though you, as a comedian, mm-hmm. as the most declarated comedian in history, in your eyes, or, or oh, that's what she called herself. That's what she called oh, herself. God. Yeah, in your eyes. You've made a career off of roasting people live on yeah. set and in television shows, but you can't take a joke when somebody calls you the donkey of the day and you try to spin that as some sort of racial and sexist slur. Honestly. Like, get the hell out of here. Honestly. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not rocking Monique on this, man. It's like at the end of the day, if you have a business or goods or service that you feel is worth something, you negotiate a price. Exactly. If they give you a price and you don't like it, you counter with that. I don't know, man. I just feel like with this whole "What Was Me" tour that she's doing right now, is she putting half of that energy into like some sort of stand-up special? 
then maybe not Netflix or somebody else might be knocking on her door. No, it's true. If I were her, I would have taken the money, do the special, look at how much money it's generating that you feel it's going to generate, mm-hmm. and then Netflix is going to come back with another offer and be like, okay, this is what you did for us? Okay, let's let's double that. Let's triple mm-hmm. that. That's what you got to do. I mean, a prime example of this is when Robert Downey Jr. signed up to do the first Iron Man film. And at that time, he was in the gutter because he had done some stupid stuff. Like, nobody wanted to work with him. Like, he was untouchable at the time. Mm -hmm. But then Marvel Studios took a chance. Marvel Studios and Paramount took a chance and said, hey, you are, like, the ideal fit of Robert Downey Jr. in terms of your attitude, your appearance, et cetera. Uh, sorry, of Tony Stark, rather. (laughs) Um, And it's like, we want you to play the role of Tony Stark as Iron Man. But with that said, you kind of have a, a shoddy past. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sign you on for the first part of this film for $500,000. So he was the main star of the film, but was only getting $500,000. Yes. Mind you, Terrence Howard was a side role character, a supporting character, mm. and he got 10 mil Shit. to be a, oh, a supporting man. character. <laughs> so... Woo. Fast forward, the movie does extremely well. Yeah. It's one of the best movies in Marvel's arsenal. It does a ton of money, and now they negotiate for a new contract in, in, for Robert Downey Jr. Now he's going to get about $15 million per, per per film. That's good. But damn, though, 500000 He must have right. really needed that money. He must have. <laughs> needed it. He must have. Damn. But nonetheless, that's what you got to do. You take that's the true. Because at the end of the day, he, and he was kind of in a similar position to Monique. He was being blackballed. Mm-hmm. So you have to take whatever offer you can get, prove that you still got it, uh-huh. and then renegotiate later on for a better price. Exactly. But she's just digging her own grave right now. I don't know. Sounds like she just needs to sit down at this point. She really does. Sit down. She really does. Sit down. Uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else to add to that? or? I'm just disappointed in her. Mm-hmm. Like, no. And if you listen to the interview... Uh, she's so condescending. She keeps right. saying... I don't want to listen to it. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. She keeps saying, well, my baby. Well, my baby. Well, my child. Like, yo. Child. I did not come okay. out of your vagina. I'm not your right. child. You know what I mean? Oh and then she kept on calling Charlemagne by his real name of, of Lenard, basically. Okay. She's a stuffer. Yeah. She's like, well, Lenard. Here's what you need to listen to with Lenard. Okay. No, no. Not like, just being disrespectful. And the way she was saying it, it, was, it was in a condescending tone. Like, we know his name, Lenard. But you're on his platform. And he exactly. goes by Charlemagne the God. Yeah, exactly. Unless me and you know each other you're calling me by my stage name on here That's you know what, what i mean saying. like don't get me wrong i'm a very personal person like I, I i invite anyone inside my world and what have you but like at the end of the day if i'm just knowing you for the first time yo and you're on my platform you're calling me dm dm cool whatever like we're not tight like that yet exactly. you know what i mean it's your space it's your rules exactly so, i don't know i'm not I'm just disappointed in her and I don't know. I don't feel bad. She needs to just sit down. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. she really does, man. I'm not. I'm not feeling her jig at all she needs whatsoever. To just, you know, take some time off. Maybe do a, a spiritual cleanse. Yeah. Back next year. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I say. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, what do you guys think? Hit me up on Cool Radio at DM underscore Cool or Cool Radio and share your thoughts. Now it is time. Before we get into the final segment, we're gonna go to one more commercial break. And you have a, a new single out actually. It's called. Is it pronounced hood? Is it pronounced hood? Hood. hood. Okay. Hood. Hood. Okay. <laughs> Before we get into that, what, what's the concept behind that? Well. Okay. <laughs> so let me explain to you about the hood. Okay. So there are some people. In this life, who are ratchet? Yeah, and we, and we love them. you know, we, we go drink henny at the club with them. We hang out with them, cookouts, barbecues. These are these are people we know, the family members. Mm-hmm. But then you got the stush and the bougie people. Okay, you know, if okay. they're wine and their cheese, whatever. Right. So like somebody who's 
hood mm-hmm. is in the middle. So it's like hood, but it's hood. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like you could bring them to the wine and cheese. Right. But then you could also like bring them to the ratchet basement party with people banging on the wall. Right, like they right. could do both. They could fit in anywhere and everywhere. Right. So in this song, hood, yeah. the main person, it could be me, maybe. Right. It could be someone else. But the concept is, uh, you know, you're trying to show this person like, this is it. Yeah. This is who I am. I'm a fucking amazing person. Right. And, you know, things are about to change. So you better get serious. I'm dropping you. Right. So, you know. So they're a hybrid of sorts, essentially. Yes. Basically, it's like, you know, like, you know, those, remember those memes get you a girl who could do both? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it is. And it's like, nah, this is like, stop fucking it up. You know what you have over here. I know, right? Stop it. Like, get you a girl that has natural curly hair, but then get a girl that can use that hair at the same time to do, like, extensions or braids or That's something like saying. that. Yeah. Like, get you a girl who can help you work on your resume. Yeah. If shit pops off, she'll, she'll carry the bat, too. Right. It's like both. Right, exactly. You gotta right. have the hybrid. Exactly. <laughs> it's a complex world. Right. So are you hood then? Would you consider yourself hood? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm very hood. I love very. it. I love it. Well, nonetheless, we're gonna get into hood right now. <laughs> so when we come back, we do have the Wanks of the Week segment. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio, and I still have the lovely and talented Ikel in studio. Hey. Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're out here kicking it in the studio right now. We're kind of in our overtime edition, as we always do, because, you know, it's good dialogue, good banter. Yeah, it's always something to talk about. Yeah, we're having discussions right now. It's timely. It's all good. But nonetheless, we've reached the end of the show, but before we get to that climax... You already know what time it is. So with that being said, <coughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> who has been entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, you know I'm going there. It is time for Wankster of the Week. Now, I was going to give the Wankster to Monique. I really was. But I'm like, you know what? What this person said, I mean, he could be Wanks of the Week every week if I wanted to. But what this person said was so idiotic, I could not let it go ignored. So on that note, this week's Wanks of the Week, not surprisingly, is going to the head of state of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Now, he's a lifetime Wanksy. He's a walking Wanksy. Mm -hmm. Me giving him the Wanks of the Week, it makes no difference. But sometimes the sheer idiocy and lunacy that comes out of his mouth you, you you only have to you only wonder like are you really trying to troll us right now like just let me know just just so just my own sanity please but nonetheless I digress he's getting the wanks of the week because of his response to the whole uh, school shooting that that took place uh, uh, last week basically so his response uh, during a uh, during a speech to to the world to to America basically I, I can't remember the technical name for it so I apologize. Uh, State of the Union address, I, I believe that's what it would be called. Uh, but nonetheless, he gave an address to the nation and basically said how he feels that they should arm teachers with handguns in mm. case of a situation like that happens again. Hi, <sighs> Mike. Uh, where's my. Are you mad? Like, oh, God. Okay. This nation, okay, America, like, and far be it for, you know, a Canadian to have any, like, um, any type of input on this type of issue, but are you insane? You, 
this country already has a problem with 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 handguns and firearms and the whole second Amend- amendment thing. I mean, there's been 18 shootouts in America alone this year. And we're only in February. And you want teachers to arm themselves with weapons? So what if little Billy raises his hand and gives an answer that a teacher doesn't like and shoots him? You know, or better yet, what if Tyrone comes into class late looking all thugged down and everything because it's hip-hop fashion and he sits down and he has something to say about the teacher. She doesn't like his tone and then she shoots him because she thought she was being threatened. Hmm. Something like that could easily happen. And I'm sure there have been teachers all out there who teach in inner city neighborhoods who feel threatened by the majority, overwhelmingly majority black students uh, that are in a school. You know what I mean? So... To institute this is absolute madness because if that's the case, we may as well go into martial law. This may as well be the Hunger Games. This may as well be the Purge. This may as well be Terminator 3 and the apocalyptic world that it lives in. Because now to arm teachers with guns? No, 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 no. Let, no, no. That's not the answer. Teachers have been asking for fair wages for how many years now? Let's tackle that first before we start arming them with Wakandan weapons. Like, that's not... <laughs> The, no, no, Trump, no. You, you have, oh, God, you have one job, one. Uh, like, wow. Oh, <clears throat> my God. He lacks, call my, oh, my God. Whoever voted for Trump is an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm calling it right uh-huh. there and then. You're an idiot for voting for Trump. The people who work for him, I'm... Yo, if they're not already setting in their 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 two weeks notice, they need to be right now. I wouldn't even give them. I just stop showing up to work. I'm like, nah, I'm gone, buddy. I'm gone, buddy. Like, oh my gosh, like it almost makes Bush not look that bad. He's just an idiot, but he wasn't that bad in comparison to Trump. I'm sorry, man. Like, there's there's not much more I can add to this. Like, he his solution to to curing gun violence when it comes to like school shootings is to arm teachers with weapons. That's not going to do anything. Right. More guns is a great idea. Right? More guns. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I have nothing quippy or catchy to say. I'm just so dumbfounded by the idiocy of this this altogether. So on that note, I'm going to close it off short. He's getting the wankster for obvious reasons. He is a wankster. His toupee is a wankster. His Uh wife is a wankster. His orange skin is a wankster. The way he dresses is a wankster. His whole existence is a wankster. I got nothing. I'm sorry. He's just an idiot. Like, God. And he can't even speak publicly. He stumbles and stutters so much. I think I was watching partially some of that address, and he's just like, you know, if the the, uh, the, the, the teachers are all uh, uh, after the, the, the gun and then they could aim. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. Oh, yikes. Honestly. Um, Ikel, we have reached the end of the show. Um. Uh, is there, I I know I know good times, but uh, before we go, where can the people find you? Everywhere. So you could check me out on uh, Instagram. It's at official ekel. So mm-hmm. official spelled the normal way. Yay. The way to spell ekel is e k e l l e. So that's me on uh, Instagram. That's on Twitter as well. That's my website. Mm-hmm. Just Ecal on Facebook. Right. Um, you know, the Hood video is out right now Hood. on YouTube. So, you know, just type in E-K-E-L-L to the E. Right. You will find me. I'm there. There you go. And, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I mean, like, you already know you're more than welcome to come through anytime. Oh, my God. 
Um, doing this review was so much fun. I thought I was going to do a solo. I was like, yes, you've seen the movie. Now I can spoil yes, it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Most definitely. And you guys can find me on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Uh, find us at cool underscore radio CC on Facebook, on YouTube, and as well as on Instagram. And also hit us up at cool underscore radio on soundcloud as well uh next week uh our guest is to be determined haven't sorted through that yet but i will let you guys know throughout the week and as you already know cool radio is a division of cool click media making sure that we are reminding you each and every day that you are creating our own legacies keep it gravy and wavy we are out of here peace cool. Cool.